and PNC Bank. Also sponsored by MIDA, Huntington Bank, Lawrence Technological University, and Washtenaw Community College. Once again, here's Guy. Well, just because we're up here on the island and talking policy doesn't mean that uh, we can't shirk our duties in talking about the EV future or mobility or autonomous driving. And because it's Tuesday, it's time for Mobility Makers, brought to you by Bridgestone. No matter what the next generation of mobility will be, it will be on wheels and Bridgestone will be there. Bridgestone solutions for your journey. Well, you talk about the Hatfields and McCoys tossing in with one another. Last week, if you didn't see the news, Ford and Tesla uh, coming to somewhat of a truce when it comes to sharing charging technology. Uh, Tesla allowing Ford vehicles to use its um, proprietary charging technology. What does this mean for the rest of us? Are we headed now for a beta, for those of you old enough to remember this, beta versus VHS? Um, where we're going to have maybe multiple charging technologies, and meaning that we have to seek out specific networks. No one covers this better than Joanne Mother, the transportation reporter for Axios, also co-author of the What's Next newsletter. I urge you to sign up for it, especially if you want to stay on top of all things AI. Joanne, good afternoon. Hi, Guy. So the... Maybe I oversold it, but Hatfields and McCoys doesn't seem too far. I mean, these were fierce competitors. What is behind Ford saying, yeah, we like your charging system better? Well, uh, it is. it was quite a surprise to people who follow uh, the auto industry, for sure. Um, but what is behind it is that Ford has, you know, come to the realization that Tesla actually does it right. Uh, Tesla, to charge a Tesla is a little easier than charging uh, at another station. And, and partly it's just the physical uh, cable is lighter and easier to manage. Uh, so it's, it, you know, it's not such an ordeal trying to plug the darn thing in. But also, you know, obviously Tesla has a supercharger network that is already all across the nation. And these other networks uh, that will serve cars like Ford and GM and Stellantis and all these other brands are still uh, being built throughout the country. So if I'm a Tesla owner, am I going to be waiting behind a bunch of Mach-E's and Lightnings? Oh, this is a great question. The Tesla owners are not particularly happy about this because in many places, I would say definitely in California where the most Teslas are registered. But in many places, the Tesla superchargers already have a line. People queued up waiting to charge. And they're not too keen on having to share their network with other, uh, with other car makes. When you and your beloved went to Florida in a Hyundai, I believe it was an Ionic I know you, you and it was Kia. Forgive me. Forgive me. But I mean, I try, I followed your odyssey. I know that, that, you know, charging reliability is, is a big issue as well. That, that, you know, when you get to the charger, it needs to work. Does Tesla have a better standard there as well in terms of the, the electronics of the pay at the charger technology and, and just the reliability and maintenance of them? 
they absolutely do. I mean, there's been plenty of independent studies on this that, you know, the Tesla chargers work like 99% of the time. And the, and the billing is very smooth and easy. You just plug the car in, plug the cable into the car, and it automatically knows your car. It automatically knows how to bill you. Uh, if you go to an Electrify America station or an EVGO or ChargePoint or Flow, some of these other networks uh, that are out there for the non-Tesla owner, you have to have individual accounts. Uh, or you have to swipe your credit card at the machine. And that's the part that is usually not working that great. So will Ford owners need adapters, and how cumbersome will they be? And, again, will they really work? I mean, if, if, when I use adapters for my phone, depending on whether it's on market, off market, sometimes it doesn't work so well. Yeah, uh, this is a very big question still. So just a, one point of uh, information is that uh, Tesla had already announced that they were going to open up a portion of their network to other cars using this thing called the Magic Dock, which would be a, a, a cable right on their machines. That is separate from the announcement that Ford and Tesla made last week, which is opening up more of the network and opening it sooner. But yes, uh, test, or Ford owners will have to have a special adapter that they have to buy themselves that will allow them to charge at the Tesla supercharger. Now, importantly, that's for the cars that are on the road today. Ford has some next-generation EVs coming starting in 2025. And at that point, the Ford vehicles will have the the, the port that will uh, work directly with the Tesla uh, with the Tesla vehicle or the Tesla charger. What's not known at that point is if you'll still need an adapter to go at one of those other charging networks. There are so many questions about this thing, but what we know is there's sort of a brewing romance between Ford and Tesla. But it does beg the question, Joanne, and I know you've heard this from several sources, and certainly we're going to hear it from consumers is we are now several years into the EV transition. Why are we still trying to decide on a standard for chargers? I don't have to be concerned when I pull into a gas station and about whether or not the pump will fit into the fuel deck of my car. It's a standard. Are we going to get there, and how much heartburn are we going to have before we have some kind of a universal system? Uh, you know, <laughs> this is interesting because uh, standards in the auto industry are, are set by the SAE working with companies, uh, and they did agree on a standard. And it's the standard that is not the Tesla uh, plug. So Tesla is in some ways trying to change the industry's mind after they already set the standard. And you can bet this is only frustrating for customers. And, uh, you know, it, it really does need to get resolved soon. But you, you have to remember that we're really in the early stages of this transition. There's only 5% of vehicles on the road that are or even 5% of new sales that are electric, only 1% of cars on the road. So we're still in the early innings. Uh, you know, standards might evolve, just as they did with VHS and Beta years ago. 
There is an interesting, the, the chamber up here at, at Mackinac has asked consumers about their expectations of of EVs. And, of course, as I bring this up, I can't find the page that it's on. But there is a definite disconnect between the industry's goals and the government mandates for conversion to EVs about when new cars must be electrified and consumer wishes. Consumers see this. Only 18% of consumers told the chamber in this survey they think this is being driven by what's best for them and their needs. 77% feel it's government fiat and a lot of things that aren't about them. What, how, what does that bode for this transition? If consumers feel like it's being thrust upon them and not offered as a viable alternative. Yeah, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a disconnect uh, of consumer embracing of electric vehicles uh, versus what's happening uh, at the at the government level. Of course, a lot of this is driven by the uh, Biden administration's agenda right now to, uh, you know, to, to really uh, curb climate change and global warming. And so a lot of these policies are uh, are with that aim in mind. Um, consumers are the ones who buy cars, right? And if these EVs that all these car makers are putting out don't sell, they will, of course, have to put incentives on them, lower the right. prices. And, you know, we could we could just see, uh, you know, a, a new era of discounts. Yeah, yeah uh, KPMG, I found a page. February of 2023, they asked consumers 35% of U.S. new car sales by 2035 will be EVs, well short of the Biden goals and the industry goals as well. Uh, we'll. We'll await that reckoning. Joanne Muller, we thank you so much. Keep reading Joanne in Axios. Thank you, guys.